0: Send the light. Send the light. God
1: bless the Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Send the Light podcast. I'm your host, Matt Tyson, here with my co host, Brother Michael Bolton. And today we also have joining us uh, Brother Matt Enos, who also attends the Cedar Terrace Church of Christ with Michael and I. We're so glad you've tuned in today. Our hope and prayer is that we're able to help bring relevant, important Bible topics to your attention and explore what the Bible says regarding those topics. If you're listening or watching and you live here in the Waterloo, Cedar Falls or surrounding areas, we'd love to have you visit with us. We meet at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo and you'll find us there Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have a bunch of free resources that are available to you that we can send you. We have Bible study courses by mail. Uh, we have different tracks, and uh, we also love to study the Bible with folks in person. So feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can find our website at cedarterracecoc.com. Our Facebook, YouTube handles at cedarterracecoc, and you can also find uh, reach out to us with the email address and phone numbers listed on the screen or in the podcast notes. Now, last week we talked about the idea of financial temperance and what the Bible says uh, regarding uh, financial wisdom. But today we've got something special planned a few years ago brother matt had we had a a series of lessons at the uh congregation in waterloo each one focusing on a different element of our worship to god in our assemblies and brother matt's assigned topic was the uh singing the singing that we offer to god and it was a really good lesson and i thought that we could kind of tap into brothers brother matt's knowledge on the topic and perhaps answer some questions uh that our listeners may have perhaps that we may have uh, on the same topic. So I hope and uh, our prayers that, that you find this study today uh, beneficial. Uh, before we start, Brother Mike, would you offer a prayer for our study today and, and for those that may be uh, listening to us today?
2: Certainly. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for the day that you've given to us for the opportunity uh, to be here and to study your word with our friends, our brothers in Christ. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to understand your word correctly and to proclaim it clearly so that those who hear can understand and obey it as well. Pray, Father, that the things that we say and do here will be pleasing to you and will bring much growth to our hearers and to the kingdom in this area. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. So singing is something that I would imagine most people listening to the episode, most people that attend uh, any kind of Church, uh, not even really—it doesn't even really matter which church. Everybody believes that that singing and music has a place in worship to God. Uh, many of those people know of passages throughout the Old Testament uh, that talk about singing, and we would draw um, teachings today from some of those passages. The main—the main instruction that we have regarding our worship today. Is found in the New Testament and under the New Covenant, the things that Jesus and the apostles commanded us to do, and so that's where I believe we draw um, the the scriptures that we use regarding our worship to God, and specifically in regard to this episode, the idea of of singing. Um, Brother Matt, you had mentioned in your lesson a little bit about the history of uh, history of music. In yeah. history, do you have anything uh, on that that you could share with us?
0: So music
1: predates
0: man. Uh, there was music on day five when the birds were created, which was a day before God created man. And certainly we know that birds make a sound, they're singing a song. But even beyond that, music predates man. Uh, the Job said something, excuse me, When when God was talking to Job, Job got a little too big for his britches. And God said, were you there when I founded the earth and when I formed the earth? And he talked about uh, when the morning stars sang together over in Job 38 verse 7. So that tells me that there was music long before man was created.
1: I believe that music is almost like an inherent it, it's something, you know, we know that mankind was created in the likeness and the image of God. We don't have to be taught how to sing. I never taught my girls how to sing, yet now you can't really stop them. They love singing. <laughs> and we never find, we find, I think, and I, I very well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think one of the first um, passages or one of the first examples we have of singing, uh, when you read through starting in Genesis is uh Moses uh miriam moses miriam singing the song of moses when they crossed uh one, once they they crossed and, and fled israel i mean egypt sorry we never see instruction we never see that she had to be taught that song we never see that she had to be taught how to sing and so i believe that there is something special about the human voice and and music you have anything to add to that
2: would you say that it's a gift from God to be, to sing?
1: Depends on who's singing. No,
2: uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, good <laughs> point. No,
1: I, but I do, yeah. I, I would say that singing is a gift from God. We sing when we're happy. We sing when we're sad.
2: Yep. Whenever. It brings solace to us.
1: Yeah, whenever whenever Clara was sick, I remember it was a song that, that Ashley and I would, would sing to bring peace in times of, trouble Mm -hmm. strife music certainly has many uh uses
0: it's used in celebrations i've never gone to a wedding where there wasn't some sort of music either singing or musical instruments uh there's music at campaign rallies and sporting (laughs) events uh there's music at uh, funerals whenever we're mourning and and who can ever forget the the sounds of taps being played uh at a funeral of a soldier who dies we use Music to keep a beat uh, when we're working. You remember the old I've been working on the railroad song was a uh, music meant to keep a beat to prevent an injury from the man that was holding the stake <laughs> to the man that was driving the hammer. Uh, marching bands, and we use music to help us to go to sleep and uh, uh, for all sorts of uses, but most of all to glorify God.
1: So ultimately, with our topic today, we want to kind of explore the question of what music is glorifying to God. Yes. I don't believe that all forms of music are glorifying to God. And, Certainly not. And I think that there might be some people who are listening right now that think, oh, you're right, you know, those churches that have the rock bands, like you're right, that's not glorifying to God. But I think a lot of people might be surprised by what is glorifying to God. And the reason i say they might be surprised is because i know that there's people listening and people not listening right now who um perhaps have been to churches or or worshiped in manners that that maybe wasn't glorifying to god and they did it because it was the way that their parents did it the way that their grandparents did it and they they didn't they just didn't know and so that's kind of what we hope to explore today is you know what is not only what is glorifying to god what's acceptable to god regarding our worship and in song and in music so when most most churches that that you go to uh, have some sort of uh, instrument that aids their singing i remember full disclosure we don't we sing acapella and we'll explore some of that here in a little bit but I remember there was one time a good friend of mine was asking me about where I went to church and things like that. And he said, wouldn't that, wouldn't your singing sound so much better if you put a piano in there? And he was kind of joking (laughs) about his own singing that he wasn't a good singer. And, um, I think that's, that was the reason why instruments found their way into churches. Uh, when did, When did instruments find their way? It wasn't always like that. Right. Uh,
0: From all the history that I could find, it was the year 666 AD that Pope Vitalian authorized an organ to be used in uh, Roman Catholic assemblies, but it wasn't even in Roman Catholic assemblies. It was not generally used until AD 1054. So for over a 1,000 years, those who worshiped God and those who believed in Christ didn't use musical instruments in their worship.
1: Was it, uh, I'm drawing a blank on who it was, was it Charles Spurgeon who said, uh, you know what I'm thinking of?
0: Well, there are many, many uh, religious people in the denominational world that have uh, spoken against the use of musical instruments. One that comes to mind says, I have no problem with an organ
1: in the worship provided that it is neither seen nor heard. Mm-hmm. I find it very interesting that some of the people that denounced the instrumental music, um, uh, movement, you might say, are people who are said to have founded mainstream denominations today or, or after their likeness. Martin Luther was another who denounced instrumental music, yet there's a whole group of believers that, that call themselves after his name. Um, these people, they're they're not following what even the one that influenced their religion what they desired um so we so there was a period of time then you said it was 6 600 something yeah, ad
0: 666
1: so for for centuries worship was offered to god without instruments it was offered a cappella
0: interestingly enough the word a cappella means as in the chapel, or as in the church.
1: That's true. I forgot about that, and that word came from something, and I think that something was the understanding that singing was was it yeah. for that many years. You to say something.
2: I was just thinking, we started this by saying that singing, as God designed it, was intended to glorify God. And I think our friends a lot of times in the denominations think that anything goes when it comes to glorifying God. But the principle that underlies this topic as well as many others, we need to remember that God is holy and he has the authority and the power to design his own worship. And he's done that. And... Who are we to alter what he has designed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: 1 Corinthians 11, uh, I believe it's verse 1, Paul says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. We use that to justify a lot of parts of our worship, but I think that the principle is there. We need to imitate Christ in our worship. We need to do what the apostles and what Jesus established that we do rather than what uh, man has established
1: one thing uh that that i think about and i usually will bring this up whenever i'm studying with people regard specifically about our our worship to god is that god has always been specific of what he wants from his people even with adam and eve you know he was specific in saying you can have all this you know maybe some might say that wasn't specific except this one and with noah with the ark i mean you can't say that god wasn't specific with noah and the ark and what he wanted from noah i mean he gave specific dimensions you know it's got to have this one window you've got to use this type of wood i mean he was specific and that really begs the question what would have happened if mo if noah would not have built the ark to the specifications that god gave him you know i have to say i kind of would doubt that it would float you know it probably would have gone away with everything else because he was he was recognized for his obedience and his righteousness and if he would have been disobedient i don't believe he would have been saved and that we see that pattern all through scripture i mean all through scripture uh going back to the tabernacle going back to the you know how the old testament how the israelites were to worship and what they were to do and all the different levitical laws with the priesthood and i'm mean, just everything was always so specific we still have that same god today that same god is still specific on what he requires from his people today Right. so there are people that point to the Old Testament. Uh, we do see examples in the Old Testament of uh, one of the common ones that that people point to is David and the Psalms. How does that translate to us today? Can we use the example of David playing the harp and Psalm in 195 and other other songs? Can we use those examples to show authority for instruments in our worship today?
0: Well, I think we need to remember we're under a different dispensation. We're under the, the age of the Christian. Um, under the Old Testament, God allowed it, and it seems that even commanded the, the use of the harp and the stringed instruments um, and, and other musical instruments. He also regulated it. Uh, those that played musical instruments had to be of of the tribe mm-hmm. of the Levites. They had to be a certain section of the of that tribe. Not everyone could play a musical instrument. They didn't have the authority. So God has always regulated anything that He has allowed or commanded.
1: Correct. Does He? Do we still find those regulations today? I believe we do. What would those regulations be?
0: Well, we have to go according to the examples that we find in the scriptures. And in the New Testament scriptures, we find examples only of singing with our voice, not using uh, musical instruments. Uh, uh, Colossians 3.16, we'll go there quickly. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, The term um, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, uh, solos is is the, the root word there, and it means twitch or to twang. So it literally means to twang the heart strings and that is the musical instrument we are to use as the the our heart Mm -hmm. worship
1: one thing i just thought about this and it might be one of those things where it sounds better in my head and should have left it there but you know he's he's the heart that he's talking about was created many (laughs) obviously many years before that passage was written So he makes reference to twanging the heartstrings before stringed instruments were even created. Just I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. something I just thought about. Is that the only passage?
0: No, there are several passages. Uh, Ephesians 5.19, James uh, 5.13. If we're cheery, we're to sing psalms. Acts 16.25, we find Paul and Silas, while they were in prison, they were praying, and they were singing psalms and matthew twenty six verse thirty after Jesus uh, uh established the lord's supper they the apostles or the disciples rather sang a hymn, and then they went out into the mount of olives.
1: They had instruments available to them in these times certainly they were they were instruments had been around for centuries um just in the limited uh resources we have available to look at.
0: Well, um, Genesis 4, 20 and 21 uh, mm-hmm. refers to Jubal, oh, yeah. who was the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. So, even before the flood, there were musical instruments. But there's no indication that Jubal used those musical instruments in praise to God.
1: hmm You got something?
2: Mm-hmm. A question. Um... Was it only during the time of Moses, uh, of the law of Moses, that instrumental music was allowed in worship?
0: I could find no uh, evidence that the patriarchs, no record of musical instruments in worship. That being said, I can't say yes or no. Really, the first time we see musical instruments used in praise to god was when israel crossed over the red sea and miriam began to sing the song of moses and the lamb and then uh played the the flute and the timbrels
2: very good interesting
1: i wonder how much of that too could go you know when jesus was talking to the pharisees in matthew 19 jesus said from the beginning it was not so Mm -hmm. indicating and he even says you know moses for the hardness of your hearts when he was talking about divorce and sometimes that's something that I've wondered, too. Um, I don't know that I hold a strong opinion one way or the other, but, you know, yeah, we, we do see examples of instrumental music um, being used, but was that really what God wanted to begin with?
0: That's a very good point. And, and one of the things i brought forward in the lesson I gave years ago was anything that God allows, he regulates. For instance, it was never God's design for man to have more than one wife, but yet he allowed it to happen. He allowed David and Solomon and many others to have more than one wife. Even Jacob had uh, essentially four wives, but what he allowed, he then regulated. It was not God's design for Israel to have a king. He told them, you don't need a king. I will be your king. I will provide for you. But yet even in the law of Moses, when Moses was giving the law, Moses made provisions for when the people do. Seek a king. This is the mm-hmm. type of king you should have. This king should should follow this order. So whatever he allows, he regulates. So the question that I've had for years is, did, did God desire musical instruments in worship in the Old Testament, or did he just allow that? I don't think we can say for sure, mm-hmm. but we do know that there are it seems that like there are commandments to, to use musical instruments. Psalm 33 and uh, Second Chronicles 29, 25, and 6 seem to indicate that it was a command that they use those musical instruments, but it may just be, since you already had them, God was going to uh, regulate the, their use.
1: You know, an interesting thing, you asked a minute ago, uh, or when we started, if I believe that uh, our voices and singing was a gift from God. I was reading an article. I'm not gonna be able to give uh, exact numbers, but but a couple of the highest grossing uh, music groups in in the charts right now is Pentatonix and Home Free. Both of those are acapella groups, hmm. and and they do they create they can come out with some amazing sounds. I only mean, know that with Barbershop yeah, sure. quartets and things like that, just how mysterious and, and special, the vo- the human voice yeah.
0: is. I certainly believe that our voices were designed to sing. When we speak, we only use uh, about a half an octave whenever we're speaking, but yet our ranges can be two, three, even four octaves.
1: Definitely um, on the two and a half when, myself. <laughs> well, i up there too,
0: but some have much more uh, range. Uh, some don't have nearly as much, but God designed our voices to sing. Mm-hmm not just to to speak
1: one of the questions that kind of leads into pretty well one of the questions that i that we had prepared in our, our outline for today was how does god view singing with mechanical accompaniment that friend that i was talking about he asked me so you know wouldn't wouldn't it sound so much better with the piano to our ears maybe you know i i i've come to like i i love acapella singing like i am a fan of some of those acapella groups i think it's great i think it's uh the very it, it is it is talent you're that those voices aren't being the the mistakes and things like that aren't being hidden by instruments you know what i mean so i i am a fan of that however um You know, some people might say that, yes, and it probably, depending on who's doing the singing or who's doing the leading or whatever, to our ears, instruments may help things sound better. Can we, can we even begin to say or explain what God hears? What does God hear whenever, like, how does... Am I arrogant voice?
0: enough to think that if I have a good voice, that God loves my voice, or what man thinks is a good voice, that God loves my voice more than he does, uh, say, somebody who is nearly tone deaf? Mm-hmm. And we know some people in the church who are completely tone deaf, and yet they sing out and they sing to yeah. God. Is Are we so arrogant to think that God is not as pleased with that person who doesn't have the ability to sing as well as we think we do. Mm -hmm. I think the answer is no.
1: What kind of worship is it to God when I allow one person or a group of people to sing in my place? And, and, you know, that's what we see in a lot of denominational settings is Mm -hmm. there's the worship leader or the worship group or that kind of thing. I want to worship God myself.
2: I had a friend, a brother in Christ, tell me one time that that was one of the major principles between the Old Testament worship and New Testament worship, uh, that a large portion of the Old Testament worship was the Levites making the sacrifice for the people, the priests Mm -hmm. making prayers for the people, and these same groups singing or playing instruments for the people, but when we come into the new law the law of christ it's a relationship between us and god we don't have someone that goes between us like that to offer prayer on our behalf i mean we know that christ does and we know that the holy spirit prays with groanings that we can't understand but that's not that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the things that we do in worship to god that's not something that somebody else can do
1: I think, is it 1st or 2nd Peter? I can't find it, where he talks about for you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. I think that passage, I I say this because I'm guilty of it, that passage is easy to overlook the significance of, but just like what you were just saying, we have the, the privilege of worshiping to God ourselves with Jesus as our high priest and not needing a, you know, yeah, they're just not needing that anymore.
2: Try. Right. Yeah.
1: Were you gonna say something? Do you have wheels no. turning? Um, mm-hmm. So going back to the question, how does God view singing with mechanical accompaniment? What is the what? What's the answer to that?
0: There's no indication that He's pleased with it, and we know from every example in the New Testament scriptures that we are commanded when we worship Him, when we praise Him that we are to do so unaccompanied without the musical instrument and so we have to ask ourselves when we add that instrument what is our purpose is our purpose to please god mm. well there's no indication that he's pleased with that and so if it's not so if we're worship if we're doing that then i think that's a vain worship and if it is if we say well i'm just doing it for my own entertainment Well, isn't that just the same as taking the Lord's name in vain? Because you're you're singing songs of praise to God, but not really praising God. So really you're taking the Lord's name in vain when you do that.
1: Yeah, that's That's what, that's what I told you. I told uh, a lady that we were staying with that almost that same thing. We worship, you know, when it comes to instrumental music, they were added. It was not, that's not how it was uh whenever we read through the new testament like you said we don't see examples of it so it was added for one of two reasons it was added because god wanted it or man wanted it
0: right and we don't believe the authority of of the papal system we don't believe that a, a man on earth correct has the authority to
1: change
0: what god has ordained
1: correct that's a whole nother uh whole nother (laughs) discussion absolutely (laughs) but so ultimately and it kind of goes back to what you were just saying it was either added because god wanted it or man wanted it and in my you know what i believe i believe the bible tells us what god wants
2: yeah
1: he said to sing and that's it
2: so worship is not to be vicarious someone doing it for someone else that's the word that i was looking for
1: right I was going to ask you to spell that, but then I saw you wrote it. Down, I'm not sure so. I spelled it right. so <laughs> Your spell check didn't pop up. No. Oh. <laughs> what does vicarious mean?
2: A s- substitutionary. It's, you know, I can't sing for you or pray oh, for oh, you. Sure. I can't contribute in the collection for you. Mm-hmm. That's your your responsibility.
1: And every aspect of our worship is together. We 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 it's pray true. together. We sing together. The, the very word communion, yeah. you know, comes from the Greek word meaning jointly or joint yeah. participation. Right. Yeah. So that's the, not the, limited to just the communion. That's all right. of our worship to God.
0: Right, absolutely. Where fellowship means the same joint mm-hmm. participation.
1: Fellowship <laughs> isn't the after service meal it's, and the. It's not the coffee and donuts. Yes. The <laughs> so we we can see in scripture that there's no authority for instrumental music and it's not just instrumental music that's been added into many groups that was not found in scripture Uh, we've talked already uh, in previous episodes we've talked about certain things and i'm sure we'll talk about certain things in the scripture but ultimately we would likely us three sitting here and our, our listeners would agree that Christ died for one church. I mean, he says that in Matthew 16, 18, that he died for his church and we have to figure out what that church is. Is he talking about the church to include all these denominations or is he talking about one church, one group of believers that follow his instruction and his, uh, his desires? And then what are those desires? And regarding this topic today we have you know we have to see that that every example every time we see in, in under the new covenant every time we see uh music offered to god it's acapella every command we see is to sing and, and in addition to that in ephesians 5 19 colossians three sixteen, to add or to make those melodies or that music to pluck your heartstrings. we see that that's what that's what, what God wants. And so if we're adding anything beyond that, that's, that's vain worship. It's not what God wanted. What if I am somebody and I'm a good person, I'm a, you know, been married for 10 years and I've got some kids and we're a good God fearing Bible believing family. And we've been attending, uh, we, we attend church regularly, but maybe there maybe I've always used instruments in my worship to God. Maybe the church I go to uses instruments in worship to God, and now you're telling me something that might be making me angry a little bit. I am a little frustrated, maybe I'm a little nervous or scared, uh confused. Um what would you what would y'all tell me to do?
0: I would tell you first of all to uh...
1: Search the scriptures
0: and then maybe even confront those um, in authority at the religious organization you're part of and ask them, by what authority are you doing this? And if they can't give you scriptural authority, it may be time to walk away from that religious organization.
1: And certain, certainly to seek more answers, yeah, I you know, more. I, w- I wouldn't, exp- I mean, I guess I would welcome it but I wouldn't expect anybody to hear some uh, a weird group of guys on a podcast for half an hour and then just automatically take it and cast off every belief I've ever held. But I hope that it at least makes you ask questions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: I wanted, I was hoping brother Matt would go first because I thought he would say the same thing that we've said already in response to those type of questions. Yeah. Search the scriptures. That's the first and right. the most important thing. And if you need help, yes, we're here to help. But the scriptures are yeah. our rule.
0: Yeah, and and I think you'll find it. You know, Jesus promised, if we seek, we'll
1: find. That's right. And I welcome people to confront us, to confront us and say, "This is different than what I've ever heard before," and I want you to show me why you believe the way you believe and why you practice the way you practice chances are i'm going to tell you a lot of what we've already talked about um but it really does come down to god has always been specific and he's always regulated what he wants from us and he does that today as well it is difficult to leave what you've always known as normal or comfortable yes Um, and, and to most people going to a church where they don't use instrumental music and where other people might hear me is uncomfortable. Um, some people don't want to be heard. And to that, I just remind them what we talked about earlier, that God hears what the human ear cannot. And your singing, no matter how horrible it might be to your ears is beautiful to God's. Yes. It's a voice that he gave you and blessed you with, like you said, to, to worship him. Absolutely. Do you have something? Oh, okay, no. I thought you were about to say something. I want to cut you off. <laughs> um, not this time.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: Sounds good. I probably cut him off before. There is an article that I found uh, that kind of puts all this stuff in a nutshell. Uh, there, it comes. There's a table on this sheet. I won't. Uh, I'll put it on the screen so you can see the sheet. But it really just uh, the table. I mean, it really just sums it all up. This article says why churches of Christ do not use. Mechanical instruments of music Some say the Church of Christ does not believe in music, but regardless of what men say nothing could be farther from the truth We believe what God says rightly dividing what God says and doing what God says There are two kinds of music vocal and mechanical Vocal music is God made and uses the human voice mechanical music is man-made and uses mechanical instruments outside the human voice both kinds of music can be used independently of the other or in combination with the other. The question is, what does God require in the worship of the church? Does it matter what God? Does it matter with God what we do? Yes. The Bible is specific concerning the kind of music that God wants. Every passage concerning music in the New Testament church can only be obeyed by using the human voice, not a man-made instrument. The chart illustrates this point well. The evidence is overwhelming as to what God wants us to do in worship. Book, chapter, and verse can be given for vocal music, but no verses can be shown for mechanical instruments of music. Man-made instruments in worship are sinful because they reject New Testament authority, Colossians 3.17. They go beyond that which is written, 2 John 9.11 and 3. They violate scriptural worship, Colossians 3.16, and they also cause division, Proverbs 6.19. The bible is either the word of men or the word of god if the if it is the word of men then it carries no more authority than any other book written by man however if it is the word of god it carries all the authority that heaven demands The Bible is from God and claims all authority. Jesus said, all power or authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth, Matthew 28, verse 18. Christ's words have all authority and will judge all humanity at the end of the world, John 12, verse 48. Therefore, what we do must be by his authority, Colossians 3, verse 17. I really hope that you'll meditate and and really consider that table that is uh, up on the screen, um, because it really just says everything that we've we've talked about today on what's acceptable to god and what what the voice can do as far as worship to god and what mechanical instruments do in worship to god any other thoughts that you have you got anything else good brother thank you all right well, if anything in this episode has sparked questions regarding instrumental music in our worship to God or uh, any other aspect of our worship, Christian living or any other topic, then please reach out to us and we'll be happy to try to answer those questions with the Bible as our authority. Tune in next week for another episode of the Send Light podcast where we discuss relevant, important Bible topics and explore what the Bible says regarding these topics. Once again, if you're here, if you're listening or watching and you live here in the Waterloo, Cedar Falls or surrounding areas, I hope you'd come visit with us. We'd love to have you. We meet at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo. You'll find us there Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have those free resources. That are available to you that we can send to you we have bible study courses by mail and we also love studying the bible with folks in person so feel free to reach out to us on our website at CedarTerraceCOC.com. you can find our facebook or youtube handles at cedar terrace coc or the email address and phone numbers listed on the screen or in the podcast notes brother matt appreciate you coming on today Thank and you, brother sharing Thank you. with us on that uh study of yours I'm your host, Matt Tyson, here with my co-host, Michael Bolton, and our guest, Matt Enos. Thanks for spending your time with us today, and if the Lord's willing, we'll see you next time.